Well, I want to just take a minute and say hi and welcome to everybody joining us from Quakertown. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. We're in a series that we're calling Reality Check, and we've been in the series for a number of weeks. And this morning, we're going to do a reality check on Mother's Day. And I know even saying the word Mother's, words Mother's Day has a lot of different emotions. So I tried to think of some of them. Maybe there's joy and excitement. You know, when you think of mom, it was a happy, joyful kind of experience. Maybe I say happy Mother's Day and you just feel exhaustion because you're on that super mom treadmill that you're trying to race. Uh, I read a, a, an interesting anecdote where a mom was overly tired, goes to see a counselor, and during the course of an hour, the mother kind of lays out why she's tired, and she keeps saying, I can't understand why I'm so tired and why I'm, why I'm exhausted. So after about an hour and 15 minutes, the counselor says, okay, so let me get this straight. You give like 50% of your time and energy to your kids and trying to raise them properly, and you give 50% of your time and energy to your husband, you're trying to kind of grow him up and nurture him a little bit, and you give 50% of your time and energy at your job, I think I'm beginning to see the problem. <laughs> Did you add that up, 50, 50, 50? Okay. Yeah, so maybe it's exhaustion you feel, or maybe it's heaviness and sadness. Maybe uh, when you think of your mom, it's not a happy, pleasant memory, or maybe you wanted to be a mom and you can't. Maybe you're at the front end of motherhood and you're excited about launching a family and being a parent or maybe you uh, parented a child and the relationship's not going real well and that child is far from you and far from God. Maybe you terminated a pregnancy and days like this bring back lots of painful hard memories. Regardless of where you are on that spectrum and regardless of your feelings, Mother's Day is an important day because God designed families to have moms and dads, and there's something about God's plan that we all need to learn from. Again, parents aren't the end, they're kind of the means to an end. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to do some real news, we're going to look at some good news, and we're going to talk about how to live that news. And all I'm going to do is stitch together some different things that I've read, that I've seen, some video that we've made, all those things together. And we'll be out of here in a little while, and hopefully you'll understand a little bit better about the reality and the reality check on Mother's Day, but you also understand what that means for us and how we can live not just this day, but into the future with that. First of all, what's the real news when it comes to Mother's Day? Well, we've already kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit and said Mother's Day isn't all about joy and giggles and lots of laughs. In fact, I read of a survey <coughs> recently that goes something like this. A group of young moms were given a survey, and they were asked to rank in order of their preference 19 things that moms or typical, typically women do. 19 things. I probably don't have to tell you moms, rearing children did not come in number one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Rearing children and being a mom came in 16 out of 19 behind exercising, watching TV, even household chores. Now, why is that? Well, that's kind of the real news. And sometimes when it comes to Mother's Day, we're trying to ratchet up feelings and ideas that are a little separate from reality. So the real news of mothering and the real news of parenting is it's hard and it's difficult. There's complexity and there are a lot of things in our world that work against us trying to fulfill those God-given requirements. 
Well, let me uh, show you a video from a member of Calvary's community to help us understand the real news of mothering.
in our life because if he is our everything, then everything else is going to be, as the scriptures say, all these things will be added unto you. So if somehow or another you could be encouraged today to do that, to recognize that God has great things for you, um, I want you to find a blessing in this day. Some real news on mothering from a wise woman, Linda Williams. Well, I want to take another run at this real news about mothering and parenting, and I'm going to do it from the pages of a book. In fact, I'm going to read you the book, the whole book. It's a short little book called Love You Forever. Uh, just to keep you interested and from falling asleep, I think we have the illustrations that will show up on the screen. And remember, you know, in your heads... Real news, we're in the real news section, so let's read uh, Robert Munch's book, Love You Forever. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I'll spare you. <laughs> I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The baby grew, he grew, and he grew, and he grew. He grew until he was two years old, and he ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves, he pulled all the food out of the refrigerator, he took his mother's watch and flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. Ever say that, moms, right? Real news. But at night... When that two-year-old was quiet, she opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of his bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Well, the little boy grew, he grew, and he grew. He grew until he was nine years old, and he never wanted to come in for dinner, and he never wanted to take a bath. And when Grandma visited, he always said bad words. Sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo. But at night, when he was asleep, the mother quietly opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of the bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked up that nine-year-old boy and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Well, the boy grew, he grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a teenager. He had strange friends, and he wore strange clothes, and he listened to strange music. Sometimes his mother felt like she was in a zoo. But at night, when that teenager was asleep, the mother opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of the bed, and if he really was asleep, she picked up that great big boy and 
Rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Well, that teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew grew until he was a grown-up man. He left home and got a house across town. But sometimes on dark nights, the mother got into her car and drove across town. Now, the story gets really freaky here. Moms, don't ever do this. You get arrested for stalking. But look, I didn't write the book, but this is what Montreux. And if all the lights were out in her son's house, she opened his bedroom or his window, his bedroom window, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of the great big guy's bed. And if he was asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she was rocking him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older. She got older, older and older. One day she called up her son and said, you'd better come see me because I'm very old and sick. So her son came to see her, and when he came to the door, she tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. But she couldn't finish, because she was too old and sick. Then the son went up to his mother, he picked her up, and he rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and he sang this song. I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my mommy you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of the stairs. Then he went into the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping, and he picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. And the story goes on and on and on. And in some ways, we're part of that story, except for the freaky part. (laughs) But there's a story behind the story that even if you've read the book, my guess is you don't know. Robert Munch's life was not a happy story. When he was in elementary school, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And when he was in second grade, he kept thinking about nothing more than committing suicide. A few years after that, he was diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder. And some of you may know what it's like to live with, live with that. Because he was dealing with all of that, soon after high school, he became an alcoholic. And he struggled with alcoholism for years. And maybe it was because of the two diagnoses, and maybe it was because of the alcoholism. He planned on being a Jesuit priest, and he entered seminary and was there for a number of years. But he couldn't escape the doubts that he had. So he stopped pursuing the priesthood. Robert eventually got married. His wife became pregnant. And some of you know he wrote a bunch of kids' books, but his wife became pregnant. And their first child 
it was stillborn. And some of you know that horror and agony. Never got to help hold that baby. Never got to read the children's books that he had written to his own child. His wife became pregnant again. And they had a second stillborn child. And he never got to hold his kids. Never got to read them his books. But the song from that book comes from that life. That's real news. And here's what Munch said. I want to write a book where love is stronger than death. The problem is he can't write that book. Right? He can't write that book. But God can write that book, and God did write that book. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to a strange place in the Old Testament. I want you to turn to the book of Hosea, and I'm going to read a little bit from chapter 11. Now we're going to read the real story of Love You Forever. Munch wanted to write a book where love is stronger than death, but he couldn't do it. But what he couldn't do, God did. Hosea chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. And notice the real news of this story. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. You know that story of the Exodus, right? And here's Egypt, here's Israel in bondage, in slavery. And what does God say? I loved my son, and I called him out of Egypt. I set him free. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the Baals and burned incense to images. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them. God, a loving parent, right? That's what moms do. That's what God's doing. Teach, I mean, moms, can't you picture, remember, teaching them how to walk? Dad's holding their hands, walking. That's what God says. You were my son, and I taught you how to walk, and I brought you freedom. I did all of these things for you, but... The more I called, the more I helped. You used your new skill at walking and running to run from me. Boy, talk about real news, right? Oh, yeah, in case you haven't realized, this not only is the story in Hosea 11, this is the story of the whole Bible, right? This is the story of God loving us perfectly as the perfect parent. And the more God loves, the more we run. The more he calls, the more we turn. Well, let's keep going. Will they not return to Egypt and will not Assyria rule over them? Because they refuse to repent. They're running and they refuse to turn around and come back. Look at verse 8. But how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over Israel? Words that every parent has uttered in one way or another, right? Your kids turn, they run, 
They rebel. But how can you give them up? How can you turn your back? How can you handle You can't do it, right? He says, how can I treat you like Adma and Zeboim? They, they were two towns that were destroyed on the plain. God says, I can't do that with you. I'm not going to treat you like that. I love you. And I'll keep loving you. You've done a whole lot of stuff that would cause me to be against you, but I can't give you up. Something inside of me, I just can't give you up. I remember reading once a long time ago, maybe before I was a parent, I didn't believe it, but somehow it happens. The second your child is born, your heart gets welded to their heart in such a way that it is unbreakable. And every parent's happiness is inseparably tied to the happiness of their kids. And no parent can be happier than the least happy of their children. That's what Hosea is saying, right? Um, but Hosea is picturing God in the story. But how can I give you up? Well, if we keep reading, we see that God's love brings change. My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. I'm God and not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. God's love is stronger than death. God pursues, God, lo God loves, and his love is stronger than our rebellion. His love is stronger than death. What Robert Munch couldn't write, God lived and God wrote. And that's the story we need to remember on Mother's Day. Well, how do we live this news then? I just want to mention two things, two things. First of all, we need to remember that God loves you. And so first of all, I want to say to all you moms out there that are on the exhaustion treadmill, all of you moms with young kids or maybe nine-year-olds or teenagers, and when Robert Much was saying, you think you're in a zoo, yeah, you're ready to walk out and move to the zoo. And you're ready to say, yeah, you know, is this really worth it? You know, remember God loves you. Remember God loves you. And how does he love you? I was thinking about that. And I kind of hate to admit it, but I'm guessing you would have suspected it anyway. I remember uh, when we'd put our little ones, when it, it was really surprising with Ashley, the first one. Like, they don't come right out sleeping all night. Like, I, I don't know why I was surprised at that, but I'm... And so I learned... Uh, a pretty um, disgusting skill, actually. And the skill was, during the middle of the night, I would hear a cry, and I wouldn't move, right? <laughs> I would pretend that I was sound asleep, right? And I would keep pretending until I feel Kim's side of the bed moving. And as soon as she stepped out, I was, oh, I'll get her, I'll get her, I'll get her. Which I know, I'm already up, I'll take her. Oh, okay, good, thanks. <laughs> now, none of you guys ever did that, right? Only me. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But God doesn't love us like that, does he? He sees us in our need and he comes running. He sees in our need and he rends the heavens and comes down. He sees our sin and he sends his perfect son to come and take our place to pay what we owe. God is the perfect father and we need to remember his love. So when you're feeling exhausted and you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling like you've got a runaway kid and you feel like, you had a mom that really didn't care. 
Remember that God loves you. Parents are only the means. God is the end. And allow your parents' goodness and weaknesses to drive you to him. Remember that God loves you. The second thing is really for everybody. So that was kind of for moms mainly. But the second thing is for all of us. We need to transact appreciation. Now, I think everybody in here has a mom or had a mom. Uh, some of us lost moms years ago. Some of you lost your moms just this past year and kind of stings this Mother's Day, first Mother's Day ever without mom. But regardless of where you are on the spectrum, you need to transact appreciation. Transact. Appreciation means honoring understanding. You appreciate someone by understanding, asking questions, getting to know, to build up and support. Regardless of where your mom is in the season of mothering, speak words of encouragement, build them up, support them, show understanding, do whatever you can. So whether you're a mom or whether you have a mom or no moms, we need to transact appreciation. One other thing I read that I wanted to pass along. This is written by Angela Guffey, and here's what she writes. And, and I feel like in reading this, I, I need a glass of champagne. I don't have that. I guess the elders wouldn't let me up here. But anyway, I wish I had a glass of champagne, and you all had one, and we could hold up our hands. And So here's what um, Angela says. This is for all the mothers who froze their bottoms off on metal bleachers <laughs> at football games or soccer games on Friday nights rather than watch from the warmth of their car. Because when their kid asked, did you see my goal, they needed to say, of course I did. This is for all the mothers who held sick toddlers in their arms in the middle of the night and cleaned up chunks of hot dogs and Pepsi <laughs> that reappeared somehow onto the bed and onto the floor. This is for all the mothers victims of school shootings, and for all the mothers of murderers, for all the mothers of survivors, and all the mothers who sat in front of their TVs in horror, hugging their kids who made it home safe that day. This is for the mothers that ran carpools and made cookies and sewed Halloween suits, and for all the moms who didn't do any of that. This is for all the moms that read the book one more time after 1,417 times when he says, read it again, and you read it again. This is for all the moms that mess up and yell at their kids in the grocery store, in the house, as they're here. They yell at their kids a lot. They yell at their two-year-olds for wanting ice cream before dinner, and this is for all their moms who taught their daughters and sons how to tie their shoelaces before they went to school. And this is for all the moms that bought Velcro. This is for all the moms that show up at work with spit up in their hair and mouth stains all over their blouses and diapers in their purse. Moms, we appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah. You know, but those two lessons, remember that God loves you, and transact appreciation. They aren't lessons that we should only live out on Mother's Day, are they? 
Because regardless of whether you're a mom or a dad, a husband or a wife, a child, or whether you're a student, whether you're a junior high school or elementary school, whether you're in a retirement community, whether you're on vacation, whether you're visiting Calvary Church or you live here, you need to remember that God loves you, don't you? Because just as we started the service, we live in a world where there are lots of storms and we need a shelter. God says, I love you and I'll give you the shelter. We live in a world where there are lots of enemies, people trying to defeat us, and forces working against us and developing our relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, I'll be your fortress. But we live in a world that sometimes appears pretty dark and black. And Jesus says, you just look at me, I'll be your light, and I'll lead you all the way home. So friends, regardless of how far you've wandered, and regardless of what you think about God or what you think about your parents or what you think about moms or your mothering, God says, but I cannot give you up. He's going to keep loving. He's going to keep pursuing. Wouldn't today be a great day? You turn around and you turn back toward him. He's already turned toward you. We're ending early. So you can go back and get your Mother's Day photos with or for your mom. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you thanks for inventing mothering. You could have designed us to be raised and nurtured in another way, but you decided that parents would be the way to go. None of us in this room had a perfect mom. None of us had a perfect dad, but... The parents that we have were designed by you. And none of us are perfect parents, but you give us an awesome responsibility to picture who you are and what you do in the lives of our kids. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to transact appreciation today and every day. But most importantly, to remember that you love us. And regardless of how far we run, May we hear the words that Hosea spoke. But how can I give you up? How can I give you up? My heart is inseparably welded to you. Help us to do the wise thing today and forever. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.